Welcome to the Why I Hate It Here podcast. I'm your host, Eric Boggs. Listen along with me as I analyze the things that irritate you and I. By using the power of sarcasm, humor, and cynicism, I'll explain to you why I hate it here. Did you read the title of this episode and think to yourself, what in the world is this? Death, a major inconvenience. Can he do that? Is he allowed to say that? Should I call the police? You shouldn't joke about death. You shouldn't joke about people dying. You shouldn't do that. He's awful. I'm turning this off. (laughs) It's fine. Turn it off. But death is a major inconvenience to everyone involved. But you, okay, I'll defend you now. You're right by asking that question. This episode is different. It will be different, much different. People die, they do every day. Dying is as common as a baby being born. It's just something we just don't get used to. Time helps the grieving, but you don't forget the grief. You know, we'd rather talk about the fifth or sixth kid your cousin is giving birth to that they can't afford and talk about how great it is and have another baby shower. And, oh, God, get it this, get it that. We'd rather talk about the birth to another kid that somebody doesn't need than the dying. You know, a tragic death. Speaking of tragic deaths, is do you consider a skydiving death a tragedy? Is this a tragic accident when you willfully went up in an airplane 10, 15,000 feet, give me a backpack, which I hope's got a parachute in it, you know, and a string, you jump out. What are you doing anyway? You don't, you don't do anything. You fall. That's what you do. You fall. You fall. You pull the string. Parachute comes out. Hopefully, you land. You high five. Whatever. Not interested in it. Okay. But to quote one of the great philosophers of cinema history, my favorite character from a surfing, skydiving, dress up like a president and rob a bank movie, Bodie, played by your favorite and my favorite, Patrick Swayze. If you want the ultimate, You've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. You chose to jump out of the plane, and you're not a bird. You don't have wings, you don't have a beak, and you don't have feathers. You're just an idiot with an adrenaline rush. Go push mow 30 acres for an adrenaline rush. You'll cure it in about an hour. In the intro to episode one, I told you that I want this podcast to be a place where we can leave things for a while, you know, that disrupt our daily lives. Just a place to be angry, leave the angry, and maybe laugh a little. You know, will it work? Will it keep you from attending therapy, keep you from drugs and alcohol, help you make better life decisions? I highly doubt it. But here we are, here we go, and go we will. Let's get comfortable, and let's get weird. You know, this podcast is about things you and I hate. I hate death, you hate death. Of course, unless it's the death of a guy with a weird mustache and control issues, you know, you, the, yes, that guy, the one that had a P.O. box in Germany. I think we're all okay that that guy died. So death, it's a major inconvenience to everyone involved. It is. You've probably never thought of it that way, but I'm right, and you'll see that I'm right. I'm not here to talk about the afterlife and whether when you die, you'll end up in the tropics or somewhere in Antarctica. We're talking about how it affects the living, you and I, right now, the people listening and breathing to this stupid podcast. The afterlife is between you and your religious deity or 
choice or lack thereof. Your business, not mine. Like I said, we'll never talk religion or politics here. Don't care. So admit it. You've thought the following and you'll continue to do so. Scenario time. John Doe died and you really need to make it to the funeral. Not because you gave two turds about John, but what will people think about you if you're not there? Humans doing what we do, making it about our selfish selves. So what if you can't make it? If you don't sign that little book at the funeral home with that fancy ink pen that you probably think about stealing because it's nicer than the one you've got in your purse. You know, where the the family's going to criticize who was or wasn't there. I can't believe that SOB had the guts to show up at this funeral. And of course, that'll cause another argument unrelated to the said death between the grieving family members. And your, you know, your next thought is, well, oh God, I'm going to have to use some PTO from work if I go. And I was saving that for a golf trip. Followed by, well, I'll go to the visitation, but I'm not going to the funeral service. I didn't know him that well. well okay, settle down. <laughs> Why are you being so defensive? That family was inconvenienced when John Doe died, and now you're being inconvenienced. That's why. I hate funerals. You know who else hates funerals? Yes, the family and the friends that have to plan them. I hate when people use that as a cop-out not to attend a funeral. Oh, I hate funerals. If you're a grown man or woman or other pronoun, just stop. Stop using it for an excuse not to attend. Funerals aren't trips to Disney World or the Super Bowl. They're funerals. And the definition of a funeral is... The ceremonies honoring a dead person typically involved in burial or cremation. So now you're going to a function that wasn't planned. That's the worst anyway, funeral or no funeral. <laughs> no one likes surprises. I don't even think little kids like surprises. Surprise birthday parties. Have you ever seen a kid? I don't know if kids now have ever seen a jack-in-the-box. Older folks like me, you remember the jack-in-the-box? That's where my anxiety started. Surprise, there's this weird clown going to pop out of a metal box and scare the crap out of you. So it's unplanned. No one, no, one, no one likes to do anything unplanned, especially when you get over 40. You need like six months to get mentally prepared to do anything. Don't plan a surprise party. Don't jump out from around the corner and scare someone. And don't be an internet hacker that steals internet money. Surprise, you've got $11 in your checking account because the basement dwelling monster and an iMac Granger account to buy V-Bucks for Fortnite and help his mom make the mortgage payment. Probably because his dad ran off with his secretary, Donna. You never even liked John Doe's only brother, and now you have to pretend. You have to look the brother right dead in the eye, cry fake tears, and pretend like you care. You don't. You don't care. It should have been you, Steve Doe, not your brother, John. And deep down, you probably hate them both. So now you've got to go. You've, you've, you're, you're somewhat mentally prepared to go. And it's time to pick out what you need to wear. So do you dress business casual? Will that look like you don't care? You don't want to wear a suit for a few reasons. One, you've had too many hot and ready pizzas since the last funeral you attended. Now that 48 long jacket fits like a a 36 short. And the likelihood of you getting it buttoned is the same as you hitting the Powerball and becoming your town's newest member of the Millionaire Club. Two, you don't want to overdress because you're afraid someone may think that you're actually officiating the service or that you just want someone to look at you because you're making this about yourself. Or, you know, if you're overdressed like that, someone thinks you're with the funeral staff and ask you if you can move some chairs. You don't want to move chairs. You want to, I don't want to help. You don't want to help anybody do anything. You just want to go and leave. 
was a penguins of Madagascar smiling wave boys. That's it. That's all. That's, all, that's the only reason you're going. So somebody said they saw you there. People are stupid and I hate them. We can't even mourn the death of someone without somehow turning into a jerk or the perception of one. Ladies, do you like to dress like Hillary Clinton in that pantsuit you bought only for interviews? Or do you want to wear something that covers up every inch of skin? Because if you don't, those ladies over in the corner will swear, swear that you're trying to hit on the recent widower because he has a Corvette. He's got some good hair left and he's got a timeshare in Gallenberg. Now you get to stand in line and do that awkward penguin waddle. That's two penguin references in less than 30 seconds. The penguin waddle, the waiting line, you know it. Kind of looks like Stevie Wonder at the piano. That's not a blind joke. Or maybe it is. The penguin waddle, just waiting. It's your turn. You're waiting. I got to get up there to the front of the room to stare at a dead person that looks like they belong to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. You know, I hate when people say, oh, they look so good. No, they don't. No, they don't. They look dead. Your Uncle Jim didn't wear makeup working third shift at the foundry for 30 years, and now he just looks like a sleepy Rip Taylor. If you're not old enough to remember or don't know who Rip Taylor is, just Google it, and then you can tell me I'm wrong. So there you are, the little penguin waddle, the shuffling of the feet, almost like you've got, like on a chain gang, you know, you've seen those old prison movies. They've got the uh, shackles on each foot. It's that scoot, scoot, clank, scoot, scoot, clank. And the whole time, you're either just looking at your feet or hopefully you brought someone with you to the funeral so you can make small talk so you don't have to act like, you know, you see anybody else. But then if you are by yourself, God help you if you make eye contact with somebody you've not seen in three or four years. Just just look at your feet, man. Just That's the easiest way to do it. That's, that's the easiest way to do it. I promise. Yeah, you've not seen those people since the last time a mutual contact passed away. They live out of town or you've deliberately stayed away from them because they're jerks. They are. They're jerks. Inconvenienced yet again. So now it's almost your turn to give your condolences, and now you're starting to get nervous. Well, what do you say? You say if you say too much, it gets super weird, super quick. You know, what if someone? What if it's somebody you barely knew, but you had to go, you know, due to being guilty by some association? You used to play pickup basketball, you know, with this dead stiff years ago, and even dated his sister for six months. What if you start? What if now? What if you start crying? Just because you're just so nervous or anxious or you're actually sad, then what are you going to do? How's that going to look? So do you think people are, are they, <laughs> are they questioning whether you still have feelings for this sister? And then it gets all weird. You know, there's, it's just, it's just weird. So you're up next. You should, here comes the panic. And then you just kind of give that awkward smile that means nothing. And, uh, you know, like the little nod, you know, mm. I know you can't see me, but listen, mm, mm, mm. Do you shake hands? Do you hug? Do you do that awkward fist bump, half handshake where neither of you are on the same page? You know, you extend the fist. You know, they grab it like you handed them a grapefruit and you get together and shake hands, but clasp a handshake with your off hand like you just awarded a soldier with a purple heart. You know, you continue this process until you're awkwardly touched everyone in the family all while looking for the exit door. It's weird. It's an inconvenience. You think those other people wanted to see you anyway? No, they hated you anyway, but now here you are. So as you're kind of peeking around, you know, after you finish your turn, you see a group of people outside smoking. They're all kind of standing around in a circle. 
So, you know, you don't smoke anymore, but you bum a cigarette and quietly smoke with a group, drink bad coffee from a styrofoam cup, and kick gravels around in a parking lot and realize you wore two different dress socks. So the visitation was in that 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. window, and you've realized you haven't had dinner. You know, should you linger around in the parking lot a little longer, bum another cigarette that's probably going to make you sick anyway, one, because you've not smoked in 15 years, and two, you've not eaten anything? Or do you just get in your car and head for a drive through Your evening's all screwed up because some guy refused to take his cholesterol medicine. The guy you barely knew. What a jerk. Both of you. Jerks. Now, what if you're in the party that's directly affected? Did they want a service, an open casket, a closed casket, cremation? I guess if I was younger, I always thought that cremation was weird, as that seems more of like a, you know, final. (laughs) That's final. (laughs) You know, that's more final than putting you in a fancy box and throwing dirt on top of you. You know, if you've not been turned into powder, at least you can come back as a zombie if you're still intact, right? I don't know what the uh, how the zombie thing works. But as I age, cremation seems like a lot less hassle. Big fire, some smoke, and then you end up in a Folgers can. Problem solved. No arguing over what your final resting clothes are. This guy never wore a suit in his life unless he was going to a funeral. Well, he's dead. He's at a funeral. Put him in a suit. Put him in a suit. <laughs> Man, humanity's weird. So now you want to inconvenience someone financially? Yeah, pay for a funeral. You've all been there. Pay for a funeral. Inconvenience. Even if the deceased had money put away for the occasion, they're still ridiculously expensive. Time to pick out a casket. What about this one? What about this one? This one has heat and air. Yeah, but this one has extra leg room. How fancy should the box be? I'm claustrophobic. Me personally, I'm claustrophobic. The thought of spending eternity in a coffin lid, you know, eight inches from my face gives me a panic attack right now. Or if you wake up a few hours after the uh, grave diggers cover you with dirt, yeah, good luck getting Wi-Fi, you know, six inches, or I'm sorry, six feet in the ground laying flat on your back while surrounded by something that looks like a 74 Cadillac. What about flowers? Oh, God, yeah, you got to have flowers. You can't die without flowers. You got to have that funeral smell. I don't think, I don't know, maybe dead people don't even stink if they don't get involved. I, embalmed. I think it's just flowers. I think all those flowers in one spot, that's what death smells like. It's disgusting. Flowers. Yes, you must have flowers. All of them. Lay them everywhere. God Almighty, put them everywhere. On top, underneath, to the side. Here, you hold these flowers. Look at these flowers. Oh, my God, they're so pretty. Really? You think the dead guy cares? It smells, like I said, it smells like a funeral home in here. Who's paying for these? Something there, there you go. Another inconvenience. Somebody's going to, I promise you, somebody will argue over who gets to pay for those flowers. They will. They will. People ruin everything, even funerals. They don't want to come. They've not seen your dead uncle in, you know, five years. Well, by God, I'm paying for the flowers. Why? So you decide. You've decided to have a funeral service, the casket, the priest, the preacher, the whole night. So now it's time to inconvenience a few more people. Guess what we need now? We need pallbearers. We got to tote this guy across a football field full of rocks that's on a hillside. You make a list of people, and now it's time to argue some more. You sit down with your family, write all these names. It looks like you're putting together a baseball lineup. Did the deceased like these people enough to carry them to their final resting place? I don't know. Finally, everybody comes to an agreement, and it's time to make some phone calls. 
speaking of inconvenience, now you, you can't get a hold of so-and-so kinfolk that you're going, now, did your dad like so-and-so? You can't get a hold of them. But now we've got six pallbearers, and we need to save it. And now you're inconveniencing me because I have to wait on you. Can't get a hold of you. But heaven forbid, if you pick somebody without consulting them, mad, just tell them to buy flowers. Did the deceased like these people enough to carry them to their final resting place? If you've been asked to be a pallbearer, whether you want to or not, you have to answer yes. Those are the rules. Yes to the inconvenience. Could you imagine what a jerk you'd look like if you said, nah, man, I'd, I'd rather not do that. I just, How come? I just don't want to. All right. That gets back to the guy that, you know, the grown man goes, oh, I just hate funerals. I can't go to them. Shut up. Yes to the inconvenience. The inconvenience of making sure their suit fits or now you've got to go buy a new suit that you don't have. You're financially inconvenienced again. The inconvenience of telling their boss they need off on a Friday, but their bereavement policy at work doesn't cover friends. So you won't be in the office Friday, and now you've caused your coworkers even more work, more inconveniences. Steve from accounting wonders why your friend couldn't have died on a Wednesday because he was supposed to leave early Friday for a camping trip with his family that he also dreads. Inconvenience. So who's going to make that weird slideshow of all the pictures of their life? Somebody lives to be 80 years old and we're going to make a four-minute video with a bunch of pictures and that's how, that was it. This is what you get. Well, who's got all the pictures in the family? Who, who's got them? Where are they? Well, I've got these. And now everybody's got an iPhone. You know, we didn't have that then. I guess it's easier. Maybe it's easier now. I don't know. Maybe funerals will be easier in 50 years. Then you remember that your aunt fought with your other aunt the last time a family member died and the pictures are scattered all over two to three different households. They don't want you to borrow them because they just know that you're going to lose them or even worse, steal them. What do you mean to lose them? Where am I going to take these pictures to and lose them? I'm going on a cruise to uh, the Caribbean. I'm going to take all these pictures and I hope they don't blow over the side of the cruise ship. I'm telling you, man, people are the worst. They are the worst. Lose pictures. Grown people losing pictures. I can understand that if you gave them, you know, to a six-year-old and said, listen, honey, keep all these pictures because your Aunt Margaret died. And in four hours, I'm going to take you to Walgreens and we're going to scan them all digitally. Don't lose them, okay? All right, I won't. Guess what happens? There's three of them. One got torn in half and the wife flushed the other ones down the toilet. That's why you don't let kids do stuff like this. So finally, somebody decides to volunteer to make the slideshow. They don't want to do it, but they've got a better computer than you do. But they don't want their sister doing it either because God knows she'll screw it up and she probably would. Because she has a drinking problem, and the other sisters make sure to tell everybody about it. Music. I'm a big music guy. Listen, now it's time for somebody to argue over who's going to sing at the funeral, if you do that, or if you're going to play their favorite music. You know, your cousin has a Creedence Clearwater Revival cassette that was his dad's favorite, but the funeral director doesn't have a cassette player. Then your cousin gets mad because he has to buy a CD with the same songs on it because the funeral home is so old, they don't have any way of playing uh, digital music. And, you know, this, for me speaking, you know, the last music that I want played at my funeral is that creepy, you know, Vincent Price piano music. You know, it sounds like it was playing in the background at a Halloween party in Salem, Massachusetts, sometime in the late 1600s. No burning witches, no creepy piano music, none of it. I don't want any of that. Who thought that was the right thing to do? You know, I get you don't want to play big band, you know, circus music, I guess. But, I mean, my God, between the flowers and... You know, that 
piano sound, you know, that some 90-year-old lady's playing on an upright piano is just creepy. The funeral's bad enough. Can we not do this? You know, my music developmental years uh, were in the uh, early to mid-90s. So I'm playing. So if then this is my will and testament. I'm playing my version of the CCR cassette. We're listening to heavy metal and grunge music, all of it. We're going to have a party. Wear your best flannel, and let's fight. So when you show up to the service, the funeral home directors sector you off like cattle going to auction. Are you going to the ceremony? No. And then with a snarky look, they tell you to park over there and sit over there. But if you now you're like royalty if you're going to the ceremony, or I mean to the uh, final resting place ceremony, you know mausoleum where it is you're going. Because guess what they give you? They give you one of those cool little metal flags that says funeral on it. Tells you to turn your headlights on bright. Now you're a little embarrassed because you <laughs> you remember that you should have changed a headlight bulb last winter, and you still not got around to it. So you've only got one headlight. <laughs> Speaking of looking like a slob at a funeral, <laughs> you couldn't even get the headlight fixed for the dead guy. But you got that cool little, you've got the cool little flag. You know, it looks like something in the game of risk. I just took over Russia and they slammed down the funeral flag on the hood of your car. Bam, I got Russia now. So anyway, so now you don't you don't want to go to the cemetery. You because you're inconvenienced. You're trying to get out there and make a tea time because the weather's nice. I'm here because I have to be. Well, you don't have to be. You think you have to be either because you're worried about what somebody else is going to think or if you die, is anybody going to come to your funeral? Who cares? You're dead. What difference does it make? you got to go. I, I, you know, People look at you funny, but you don't care. The game comes on in two hours, and you've got a pig and a smoker. They're not going to notice if you're there or not. The singing won't stop, and you know how many more people are going to get up and say something about the dead? You know, I mean, God, I have you been to a funeral like that? The you know, the the better funerals is that a right term? That you know somebody's got stuff orchestrated, set up in a timeline where you do this, you do this, you do this. You know, don't open it up to <laughs> for comments and questioning because some guy. I, mean, I remember the time that me and something went fit. Don't care, man. Got to go. These other people don't care either. You're wearing out the dead guy. He's had enough. You know, where's the peace and rest in peace. So the service ends. It's time for the second march of the penguins. Remember, third penguin reference. You didn't know you were getting that, did you? And you still don't know what to say. You know that's the that's the most awkward part in all this. Someone dies. You just you know what? Do you, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I know it. I'm sorry. Or what about you know you get someone that something happens and somebody dies and then you ask about it. And go well, how are, how are they doing? Well, how do you think they're doing? <laughs> The guy they were married to, you know what I mean, for 30 years, died because he, he went out and bought a Harley and thought he was 25 and, you know, ran into a log truck because he's too old to be riding a Harley. But here he is. He's dead anyway. Well, how are they doing? I, well, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Can we just tell Oh, man, that's a tough one. That's that's tough. You know, like you lost a bet. You know, you had 100 bucks on, you know, the uh, your favorite football team and they lost. It's just a bad beat. How'd you do? Nah, not good, man. I lost. There you go. We lost. <laughs> that guy died. We lost. We lost him. Second March of the Penguins. Like I said, you don't know what to say. You make that stupid smile and the weird nod. You ready? Mm-hmm. You kind of mumble the sorry. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. So once you leave, you realize you didn't get one of those, you know, the little funeral announcement. You know, like the little Valentine's card with the deceased picture on it and 
you know, the obituary and who they were kin to and who did this and, you know, all that kind of deal. Who was that Paul Bear? I don't even know who that guy is. Where's his name at on this list? I'm going to find it. You know, everybody they're kin to. It's like reading the Old Testament, the Bible. So-and-so begat so-and-so and Ebenezer begat so-and-so. Golly, man. Could you imagine having to be that guy in the Old Testament that had to scribble all that down? It's hot. You're in a desert sitting on a rock. You know, and some guy's got, uh, you know, some vision from God and God's telling them, say, hey, man, right, hey, real quick, write this down. You know, four chapters of, you know, Leviticus, them just telling you whose baby was whose baby and whose baby. And all you're doing is sweating. There's no more <laughs> water in the clay pot, you know, and all you got to eat is bread, you know, just whatever. Unleavened bread, just bread. Here it is. Well, you got to eat bread. You anything to drink? No, but we've got bread. Eat this. Write that down. Hezekiah begat so-and-so, write that down. Did you get it? No, what'd you say? You know, guess what? You're not doing this. Now they're chiseling it with something like Fred Flintstone. So anyway, you you forgot the little funeral announcement card. It ends up in a drawer at home, but, you know, years later, it feels sacrilegious to throw it away. So back in the drawer it goes. Death is weird. But as I stated earlier, it's so very common. We'll never get used to death. One minute someone you know was here, and then someone you see every day, someone you speak to every day, gone, just like that. As quickly as you can snap your fingers. No more conversation. Death caused you to be inconvenienced. And time is a thief. I'm going to be serious for a minute. Maybe. Ish. Cynically serious? Is that a thing? That's what I'm going to be here. I was. It, I guess maybe I was a little, you know, your favorite cynic was a little reluctant to do this at first because it's different than the other episodes and the ones that I plan to do, you know, in the future. But this episode, I'll tell you who this episode's dedicated to. It's dedicated to those that prefer to laugh instead of cry. I will say this. If you have wrestled with grieving and death, get some help. Talk to somebody. Plenty of stuff out there. Not, no, there's no shame in your mental health. is no different than you spraining your wrist, getting surgery on it, and having therapy for the next three months. Don't let anybody tell you any different. I'm going to close this episode with the song lyrics from the Kentucky poet, Tom T. Hall. So let me say this, I never tried to hurt anybody, though I guess there's a few that I still couldn't look in the eye. If I've got one wish, I hope it rains at my funeral. For once, I'd like to be the only one dry. And those are just a few reasons why I hate it here.